David, Tucson has been a part of the United States for 161 years now. The interesting thing, there is at least one business in Tucson that predates that. You're right. There is one that I know of. Tanker Verde Guest Ranch has been around for about 165 years, opened in the 1850s as a ranch. And, you know, it's changed through the years, changed ownership, changed hands, but it's still been thriving the whole time. It started out as a working ranch, but its second owner, Jim Converse, was the one who started venturing into its current business model as a dude ranch. You know, it's still a working ranch. They ranch out there, they farm out there, they probably run horses and cattle. Through the years, it has grown more as a destination place. I mean, people go there on vacation. People from all over the world go there on vacation. They want to see how a ranch works. It's one of those things you don't think about growing up in the area, as you and I did in southern Arizona, that the ranch seems like this mythical thing to so many parts of the world. Tinka Verde really gets that whole idea out there and gets plenty of people in from all over the world thanks to that. It's very, very, very popular in the Asian areas. You know, they grow up and they see American movies. They see John Wayne on TV and they get this mythical view of a cowboy. And all they want to do is see a real cowboy, to be a cowboy for a few days. So they will fly to Tucson, Arizona, go to the Tank of Verde Guest Ranch, and they can ride horses and they can watch them round up cattle and see them work in a field. And, <laughs> and pay a pretty penny to do so. Yes, they do. It's not, not cheap. <laughs> David, this week's Inside Tucson Business featured some of the oldest businesses in Tucson. Was there a common thread between all of them? Not necessarily. I mean, the businesses kind of covered all areas of the community. All of them have changed ownership. Obviously, their original owners are long gone, and all of them have learned to adapt to the changing community. I'm here with Inside Tucson Business Editor David Repkalis. And David, is there anything that these businesses bring that other business owners should take into consideration if they want to be mentioned as one of the oldest businesses when someone compiles a, a list like this in 2115. I, I think the key to all their success is they're willing to change. They're willing to adapt. They're willing to make changes to meet the needs of the community now. You know, every one of these businesses started off as one thing. Some of them still have the same name. Their general theme has stayed the same, but they've all adapted and adapted a lot to stay in business. One that I saw on the list that absolutely struck a chord with me, being a musician who grew up in Tucson, I can't remember a time when the Chicago Music Store wasn't a fixture in downtown. There's a reason that someone born in the early 80s can't remember that, huh? You know, my bet is there's probably not a person in Tucson that can't remember that. There are people in Tucson that are older than the Chicago Music Store. It's been there for 96 years since 1919. But anyone that's older than Chicago Music Store was just a lad when, yeah. when, they were, when it wasn't there. So it's been around a long time in downtown Tucson. Two of the oldest businesses that you mentioned are actually museums. Kind of an odd thing to talk about a museum in that way. That's right. The Tucson Museum of Art and the Arizona State Museum here at the University of Arizona have both been around for a, quite a long time. But one thing that they've been able to do, just like the businesses, is adapt. I mean, the Tucson Museum of Art has changed. It's obviously focused on art, but it's changed names. It's even now hoping to expand and to grow. So, I mean, those are certainly big fixtures in our community. And it's always important to remember that while something may be a nonprofit or a not-for-profit, it still has that business aspect that has to keep it going. Yes, nonprofits every day close. They have to make a certain amount of money to pay their bills. And if they can't bring enough money in, they are going to close. Another one, there's also a member of the education world here in town, a private school on the northwest side of Tucson, Greenfield's Country Day School. Most people wouldn't necessarily think of when talking about 
older businesses is private education. And that, that one's kind of cool to me because I wrote that story. I got to go talk to them and they came about because a family was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The husband got tuberculosis and the doctor said, you need to go someplace dry. They ended up in Tucson. After about a year, the wife got bored and was a school teacher, went back to Pittsburgh, talked to all her friends and said, let me bring your boys and teach them. So she started this school with, you know, 15 to 16 boys from her hometown of Pittsburgh and kind of has grown from there. It's a very interesting campus to see. You can kind of tell it's it's almost a hodgepodge where they just, hey, we need extra room. Let's add a building. Hey, we need a gymnasium now. Let's add a gymnasium. It's not that centralized, master-planned facility that you see so often in schools. No, it's certainly, they have certainly added as they've had need. They're probably done for now, I would assume. But what's really cool to me is the administration building where they have the principal and the main offices is still the same house that family moved into when they moved here in the early 1900s. David, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Zach.